0: This morning we're um, wrapping up our series that we've been in for a number of weeks now um, called Where is God? Where is God when we can't see him? Where is God when we're hurting? Where is God when we're alone? Where is God in the middle of so many of the places that we find ourselves in life? And I hope that during this time that the Lord has allowed me to be um, maybe a little more reflective on my own experience than at times I can be as an introvert. But I hope that Um, The Lord has used this time together for us to look at those deep, difficult places that we find ourselves in when it feels like we don't have anyone to talk to, we feel like there may not even be any hope in the journey that we're in the middle of, and yet we can discover together where God is in some of those places, even though we can't touch Him or see Him or feel that He's close, He is indeed there in the middle of all of those moments and so today is just kind of a, a summary almost or, or that the, the progress has been leading us to this moment where as we reflect on all the ways that we look for God and the moments that we look to God and ask where he is, we come to this point in our life when, when we are trying to feel him in our loneliness, when we're trying to see him through eyes of faith through the fog, when we're trying to discover where God is in these moments, um, we can sometimes see him by the hug that someone gives us. We can feel him by the presence of someone coming alongside of us. We can sometimes discover God in a new and powerful way as we journey through this walk of faith together. But there are times as we navigate these different places that we find ourselves in in life, these difficult moments where we we may be able to feel him, we may be able to sense him. And then there are other times in our life as we navigate troubled waters, as we live our life through the storm, where it just feels like God has deserted us. And it's okay to say that we feel that way in church, right? It it is okay for us to come to the place in our life in the middle of a powerful struggle or battle that we're in and just cry out to to God and say, God, where have you gone? Where are you in the middle of all this? And this morning we're talking about this question together when when we've cried out to God in the middle of our agony when we've reached out to him in the middle of the storm that we're in and it just seems like our cries and our pleas fall on deaf ears. We know in our heart that God is there. for a season or a time of, of beseeching God and crying out to him and asking of him and we get nothing in return. It gets a little more difficult to navigate our faith through these times where God is silent. I want to read our scripture this morning that we'll touch on together from Job chapter 40. We all know the story of this amazing man who had, who had everything. He had the family, he had the connections, he had the the, the resources, he had the, the community, he had everything he could dream of. And in a moment's time, it was all snuffed away. And Job spent a, a few minutes talking to God and then he spent a really long time Listen to these guys who are friends, but he spent over 30 chapters in this book waiting for God to say something. And I thought that this little bit, tiny snippet of conversation that God and Job had in chapter 40 would kind of guide us as we work through this conversation together. Job chapter 40, verse 1 Then the Lord said to Job, Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who accuses God answer him. Then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once and I had no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. You could say in one sense that God is putting Job in his place. I mean, you look at the 30-some chapters where, where Job was waiting for God to speak and he didn't. And he had to listen to these amazing friends who trashed him for chapter after chapter after chapter. Job waited and waited and waited for God to speak and waited and waited for God to move. And then God basically says, are you me? Were you there when the the oceans were created? Were you there when the mountains came forth out of nothing? Were you there when I did all these amazing works? And Job says, oops, I think I stuck my foot in my mouth. I better close it. (laughs) And it was just incredible to me to process all that must have been going on in Job's mind, as, as he longs and he hungers in desperation for God to speak, and then when God speaks, Job basically hears, "You're on holy ground here, brother. You better listen." <laughs> but Job had to wait a long time for God to speak, and so I want to speak into that into that time frame, whatever it is for you and I. Uh, a day or for Job, a week or more, maybe a month or a year or a dozen years or a lifetime, it seems, where we have cried out to God and it just seems like in maybe one area of our life or in everything, it just seems like God has withdrawn from the scene. We long to hear his voice. We long for us to know where God is in the silence that he has left us with. And I don't pretend to have all the answers this morning, but I just wanna share a couple of thoughts with us to encourage us in the middle of that place where we feel like God has issued into this idea of silence. And the first thing is just an encouraged reminder to remember that God has not forsaken us. God has not left us alone, though it may feel like he has. It's easy to feel like God has abandoned us when we can't see him or when we can't hear him or when we can't feel him close. In some ways, silence can be deadly to our spiritual or emotional well-being. The Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, reminds us in the middle of our fear, these words that were repeated so often in Scripture. They're one of the most repeated phrases in all of the Bible. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Be strong and courageous, and do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Whoever them is for you... <laughs> When you think of those enemies that you face in the storms that are in your life, do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. It's intriguing to me, this being one of the most repeated passages in all of the Bible, that God fit it needed, that he saw that it needed repeated so many times. Because you and I know in the middle of our battles that we need to be reminded of the fact that God is going with us on our journey. You know the story of Israel enough to know that for a while at least, there was a visual reminder of God's presence during the day. And there was a visual reminder and evidence of God's presence by night. But after a season, God says, I'm not going to do that anymore. And Israel didn't have a very good time when they couldn't see God and see his proof of his evidence. In fact, it didn't take very long when God withdrew from the visual scene of their existence in that day for them to cry out for any God who could be seen and for any proof of any kind of power that they could touch or see or feel that would give them the strength to face whatever it was in life they needed to face. But I believe each of us knows the scriptures enough this morning to know that that's not the kind of faith that God calls us to. He calls us to look in for a moment this morning into this incredible um, real time conversation in heaven. It's just, it blows my mind every time I think about it that, that the, it says that the devil came to God's presence after wandering to and from the whole earth, and they talk about this one guy. This one guy named Job. And it seems at first, as the congregation, conversation begins, that, you know, Job is saying, you know, there's this guy here, and yeah, he's righteous, and yeah, he's a good guy, but you just allow a few things to go wrong with him, and he'll forsake you forever. As I read and reread that story, it almost seemed like Satan was dictating the terms to God. Yeah, it's been good for him, but you just let things go wrong, and then, you know, I'm, I'll show you what I can really do with. But the truth of the matter is that in spite of all that the Satan said and did, God says, okay, I'll let you. I'll let you do what you think will ruin him. And God had to give the devil permission to do anything to Job that he did. And it was a reminder for me in my life that even when it feels like God isn't there, that anything the devil does is only by God's permission. And God only permits in our lives, what he is able to give us the grace to survive and to conquer in our own journey with him. And so when it feels like we're at our weakest, it may be that God in his present help in our life is casting us upon his own strength as we follow him. Remember, shortly after the passing of my first wife and I was, I had, Broken leg, and I and I had a um, embolism where I almost died from a blood clot in my lung, and and I was starting to come back, physically come back from all of the the physical ramifications of this car accident that I was in, and I was I was starting to be emotionally aware that I had lost my first wife and soon to be born, like three weeks from then, first son. I was starting to feel the physical effects of everything that I'd been through, and so. It really was, in my mind as I remember it, all of this come raging in for the first time. Those beginning hours and moments of of everything that, that had happened. All the circumstances that I was myself in the middle of and feeling what it felt like and still remember for the first time. And I remember sitting, laying, I wasn't sitting. I was laying in the hospital room with my leg up in traction and asking myself, where is God in all of this? Where is God when we were getting ready to go to college? Where was God when we were getting ready to start a family? Where is God when we had been driving home from signing on our first home? Where is God that all these plans that were right there in front of us like that were gone? And all the answers that I thought I had, I no longer had a single one all the things that I thought that I was in control of or that were in control were no longer controlled at all. And I realized more than ever before that I never had control to begin with, and I never would. And my faith went to this place of what could ever be right again? What could ever be whole again when so much has been taken away? When so much has been lost, when so much is is uncertain. And I've never felt so alone as in those moments in that hospital bed. The only person I remember at this at this point coming in is the six foot four male nurse that I had. And I remember him. He didn't talk to me about the Lord. All I remember is that he said, Peter, I need you to eat. And uh, so the only thing we found to eat was chocolate milkshakes, and I survived those that week in the hospital on chocolate milkshakes and IV fluids. But I needed someone to come and tell me that God was there in the middle of all of that, and I just I couldn't hear. I don't think I was at the point where I was even able to listen or wanting to listen in my life, but I am so grateful that at some point someone came and told me, it's okay. You don't have the answers, but God is still here. He still has a plan for you. He still has a purpose for your life. You have so much in front of you that God wants to do with you, and it's gonna be all right because he is still in charge, and he is still on the throne, and even though it feels like everything has been wiped away, nothing can wipe away God's love. And when we feel like we can't hear him or see him or feel him or that it's been so long since we have, we need to be reminded of the fact that he's never left us. That verse in Deuteronomy reminds us that he goes everywhere with us. And he will never leave us or forsake us, even when we feel like he has. So I just want to share a second idea with you this morning, um, and then we're going to break it up into a couple sections, and then we'll be done. But I want to encourage us in these times where we feel like God is silent to remember the ways that we've heard his voice in the past. Remember the ways we've heard his voice in the past. The scripture talks about hearing God's voice outside of ourselves and Psalm chapter 19, verses one through six, I'm gonna read those together because they're so powerful for those moments when we don't know where God is. Scripture says the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth their speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, he has pinched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at the one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. And in the moments when we feel like God is silent, where we long for him to move, and we long for him to speak, we need to hear his voice. He's created us with that need and desire inside of us. And when we feel like we're in that empty, quiet place, it's good to know that people around us understand that have been there. And if you feel like you're in that place this morning, I've been there. And it's gonna be okay. Because even if in control, he is, and the devil can only do to you what God has given him permission to do and nothing more. But that being said, we still have to journey on and discern how to know when it is that we hear God's voice or when it's our dinner talking or whatever it may be. And so there are just three simple ways in my life that I've found in those moments where it feels like I'm empty and God is silent, that I was able to come to a place of discerning that he was still able to speak to me. And, and they're very simple, and most of you have done them before, but in the middle of the moment when we feel like we're alone and afraid, it's good to be reminded. So the first thing that God does to us the time where he's spoken to me is in a moment of self-reflection remember laying in the hospital bed and demanding that God change my circumstances. Demanding that God would, would just make all this right and go away. Demanding that God would answer everything at that moment and do all that he needed. And I spent a number of days in, in that kind of frazzled, angry, desperate state demanding things of God. And then somehow in a I think an exhausted moment, I just I just said, Lord, maybe it's time that I stop talking and listen. <laughs> maybe it is sometimes for you and I that we can't hear God speak because we're talking too much. That's basically what Job said in that passage in, in Job chapter 40. He's like, I spoke once, but you know, I'll... maybe it's time I listen <laughs> to the Lord. But there's times when we can listen to our own heart where Jesus' voice can be heard above the noise of our own pain. When we can't see our own way out, we can reflect on the goodness of God that he might find a way for us. One of the things that the Lord did in my life as I lay in the hospital bed and reflected on all that, that had been transpiring, the Lord just led me to his great faithfulness. I love that hymn. It's one of my favorite. It's the first hymn that I can remember learning and having memorized. But His faithfulness to me when I was first drawn into his fellowship. That Easter Sunday morning when I knew without a doubt that I was a sinner. In need of grace and salvation. And in that moment as we stand as a church together in Salem, I said, Lord, I'm yours. And you're mine. And the Lord said to me as I reflected on that moment, Peter, nothing that, no circumstance can change the fact that you are mine. Nothing that you go through will change the fact that I gave everything I have to secure your salvation. And even if you don't feel like you have it, I'm still there. Even if it doesn't seem like any of the pieces of the puzzle are fitting together, I'm still the potter and you are still the clay and I'm still working on you from that moment when you first gave your heart to me. And it doesn't feel like I'm pushing the right places on that pot as it spins. But someday we'll understand. Someday we'll see God as he really is. So I felt in those moments that I was secure in God. I didn't have all the answers, but God did in as I reflected on the way that he had touched my life to redeem me. I felt a peace in my heart to know, even though I didn't have any answers, I had the one who did. Great moment for me to be reminded by the Holy Spirit that he was in charge, and he always would be. But even though I knew that, I said, all right, Lord, so what next? Where do I go from here? Because everything that I had was gone. I'm going to have to learn how to walk again. I, you know, where are you going to send me? And and I had a, I had a lot of questions about the future. And uh, can I just tell you that God didn't lay those out word for word? That moment, He rarely does. You know, if He did, I'd probably say, I you know, come back tomorrow. what God did do in those moments of self-reflection is took me back to my calling. To that campground in Portland with a speaker from Ohio, or from Kentucky actually, who talked about what God could do with someone who surrendered their life to, to the Lord, no matter what the cost. For me, at that moment, at that place so many years ago, The cost was the fact that I was scared to death of speaking in front of people. And God was making a huge, terrible mistake. There was someone way more qualified and way more comfortable and way more gifted than me. And the Lord said, no, it's you. So for me in that moment, the cost was my pride, was my own perception of myself and the fact that God was wanting to be God and Lord of my life. And he wanted me to follow wherever he wanted to go. But now it wasn't about necessarily who I was. It was about where I was going. And the Lord said, remember that night when you said you would leave everything to follow me? Is that still true? And so we had to have a conversation about that that lasted a few hours. Like I told you that night that you would follow me and it would cost you everything? Are you still willing to go wherever I want you to go and be whoever you want me to be? It was only when I stopped talking and started listening that the Lord was able to speak to me in those moments of self-reflection. And it just might be that we need to stop talking and allow the Lord to work into those deep inner places of who we are and our journey with him, to reflect on the places that he's taken us and the things that he's done in our life, to be reminded. Do you know what God told Israel over and over again after he led them through this tremendous miracle? Build a pile of rocks so that every time you come by here, you can remember what I have done. Why did God tell them to do that? Because they needed to be reminded of what he'd done in their life and in their journey so that they have the faith to journey forward into the unknown. And when we feel like we can't hear God speak and we can't feel like we can see God leading and we're not hearing his voice, then maybe we just need to take a few minutes to listen to our own heart and listen to what God is saying in our own journey. I'm a little bit partial to the second one that you'll see on the screen. Listen to nature. We read that passage in Psalm chapter 19 about the fact that that the heavens declare the glories of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, night after night, God's work never ceases to speak. Even his creation, his voice is speaking to us day and night, night and day. One of my favorite things is to travel to the ocean. I think we have a picture of the Oregon coast on here. When I was first approached with the call to ministry, I, like I said, I was, I was more than a little hesitant. And, and I just felt the Spirit drawing me away, away from work, drawing me away from everything, just to go and listen to no one's voice but his. And I don't know how God speaks to you, um, but I packed my bags for a few days. <laughs> I, I didn't go expecting to just get this lightning bolt from God in a moment. And I spent hours just, just pouring out my heart to God. Lord, what are you trying to say to me? And, and is this your voice speaking to me? And are, is this your leading? Or is this something within me or within the hearts of someone else wanting their own way? What are you doing in my life? And I kind of did what Job and his friends did. I, I, I threw everything I had at God and then I waited. I waited and I waited and so I, I uh, my family's own property uh, on the Oregon coast near Florence, Oregon for over a hundred years now, longer than that and I just went there alone and I listened. I watched the waves crash without ceasing at my feet and I listened to the roar of the ocean and looked out into the vastness of God's creation and realized that if he could create that, that it, as long as he wills it, it would never stop. There's nothing that you and I could do to ever cease it to end. That if God could do that, then maybe He could take me and use me for His glory and for His purposes. And He spoke to me through His creation, through the things that He had made and done. I can't say that every time I've gone to a place of retreat and in the, in the wonders of nature that God has spoken. There's been times when I've gone just needing a word from the Lord or just feeling like maybe my spiritual life was drying up and I needed a fresh touch from the Lord. And so I went just believing in my heart that that getting away and, and whether in the mountains or on the ocean side, I would just, you know, God would do what he could only do in that place. And so I would go and wait and listen and and pray and the day would go by and I just didn't, seemed like anything was happening. I was doing all the talking and I would take time to listen and it just didn't seem that God was saying a whole lot. And day number two would come and it just didn't seem like much was going on. And I'd, you know, I've taken whole weekend trips listening and nothing seemed to be said. And I still don't know if I was okay with that. I I expected God to speak in the middle of those times of silence and reflecting on his creation. There was this Nothing like hearing the oceans roar. It was like my heart was a sponge just just for one drop of God's wet water of love to kind of soften a part of my heart to who he was and, and it wasn't there. And I drove away from that place feeling dry. Not alone, just dry. Like what I needed wasn't provided. I think as we reflect and as we listen to his creation, it's it, it's tricky for us. You know, turn on the television and, and if you want fast food, you can have it your way and have it fast. There are studies done about um, which fast food places will get you your food the, the right way, the fastest way. Because that's the way that we live. That's the culture that we live in. And sometimes we expect God to be, um, you know, quick-winded, all right, Lord, I... I know what I need and I need it now. And sometimes God doesn't work in our time frame and our timetable. So even if I take this time to reflect on who he is and what he's done in my life in the past and even if I get away from all the noise and all the distractions and get alone with him in the mountains or along a beach somewhere or in a cabin in the woods or by the lake or whatever it is that you go to get away and it still feels like God hasn't spoken in the middle of those moments there's a third and probably even more obvious way that we I think all know intrinsically in our own heart, and that is to listen to his word, to listen to the word of God. Now this morning, I think we all know that in the church Bible, there's 879 pages of the spoken word of God where he has already said what he'd said. 879 pages of God's revelation to you and I about how much he loves us and how he has a will for our life and a plan for us in a direction that he wants to send us. 879 pages, at least in this Bible, is God's revelation to you and me. And sometimes we want to get away and expect that that would be enough. And sometimes we only want to self-reflect and believe that that will be enough. And sometimes the fact of the matter is we just need to open the book. Wait. We know the stories of the miracles of the Old Testament when they didn't in many times have a written scripture, but later on they would. And God did all these miraculous natural wonders to show his signs to the world. But the fact of the matter is that the cross and the life of Christ is a sign to the modern generation of who God is and how he wants to provide and meet the needs in our own heart and in our own life. And the Lord brought me out of that hospital room he gave me a future and a family and a plan and a purpose for living. And the fact of the matter is for most of us, for all of us is a lot of the ways that he wants to speak to us are right here. I, don't, I haven't had a Bible since I was a little kid that had any pictures in it. It's, it's all text. <laughs> and those of you who like pictures in your books, uh, you may wanna find a Bible with pictures and that may help you, but mine doesn't. And sometimes you can open to your Bible page after page filled with words and sentences and some of it doesn't make any sense to you and you may have a version that that you love, you may have a version that you just wish you could find anything but that. But when it feels like God is silent, take the extra time that's needed to go to the one place you know he has already spoken and that's the Scripture. In fact, if I could rewrite the sermon, probably should have started with this, but we definitely want to end with it. Because in those times of self-reflection, as I lay in the hospital bed, it was the scriptures that the Lord brought back to my mind. As I went out into the hands of nature, I didn't bring, um, you know, three different books on the keys to this and the keys to that. I brought only one thing, I brought the word, the written, spoken word of God. And say, Lord, what is it that I'm missing? What is it that you need me to hear next? What is it that you're trying to say to me? And without the scriptures, I'm not really sure how he's going to continually do that in us. When this, is, this was the, the medium that he created for you and I to hear from him. And so this morning, as we think of how we journey through our loneliness, we journey through times that where we're hurting, We journey through times where we can't see him. And and all the times that you and I question in our own storms, where is God? He's everywhere. He's in the middle of it all. He's on the throne of every decision that's made. And nothing happens without his knowledge. And there's nothing that he doesn't have the power to stop or to change. And many times we wish that he would, don't we? We wish that he change our circumstances. We wish he would bring that person back to us. We wish he would change our financial place. We wish he would heal our disease. We wish he'd make us feel better. We wish everything would change and be normal again. We wish that God would just be able to speak to us in a way that we could hear him. And as I've kind of processed through this time, and I'll close with this. First of all is that it's okay for me to ask, ask the question, where is he? He's created us with a need for him. And so by asking the question, where is God in the middle of what I'm going through? I'm admitting my need that I need him, that I can't go on without him. I'm admitting the fact that there is only one who can help me through this storm and I am desperate to know him and to sense him and to hear from him. It's okay to ask in the middle of the pain, where is God? Because the beauty of this is that in God's time and God's way, and we've talked about some of the avenues this morning that he'll do this, he will find a a way to reveal himself to us. It may be through a quiet walk. It may be through time of just listening to your own heart and how the Lord is speaking. It may be through the arms of a friend or the words of someone who loves you. It may be just a quiet moment where we hear from him. The God's plan and purpose and desire is to, is to have an ongoing conversation with us. And it feels difficult for us when we don't hear from him in the time frame that we want. can't tell you how many times in our marriage my wife has said, why won't you just talk with me? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a quiet guy by nature, and so I like to think a long time about what I'm gonna say before I'm gonna say it, and so I need time to process, and, and there's this, this space in our marriage between when my wife needs to hear from me and I'm ready to be heard. <laughs> and any of you who have been in a marriage realize that you spend a lifetime working towards a place where everyone feels like they're connected. We're not perfect at it. Neither of us are. Sometimes I pull away too quickly and sometimes she needs to talk when I'm not ready. And so we journey together in learning how to meet the needs of each other. And I think that it's true for us fallible human beings in our walk with God, that sometimes we need him to speak too quickly and sometimes we demand too many things of him. The other side of the coin is God is an all-perfect, all-wise-knowing God. And he knows when to speak. He knows how to reveal himself to us. And he knows the right things to say in those moments when we need to hear from him. And sometimes as we walk alone on the beach or we drive up into the mountains, There's still silence. And if you're in that place this morning where you've done all these things and they're part of your life, the only thing that I want to leave with us in the middle of wherever we are is probably one of the shortest phrases in the Bible, but one of the most powerful. It's amazing to me how many times the short, simple things are the most powerful. The Word of God says to be still and know that I am God. And I can't do that for you. I can do it with you to a point. And then it's up to each of us in our own journey to listen and to wait. For God to reveal himself as only God can do. And let's stand and we'll close in a word of prayer. Lord, today we could all come up if we had the courage to tell our story of of where we felt like we missed you. It felt like we were in a dry season or it was the dark night of our soul or we felt like we were left alone. We were hung out to dry. We just needed to hear from you and you weren't there or however it is that we say it. Lord, there just there's no end to the suffering. There's no There's no end in sight or light at the end of the tunnel for us, and we don't know how to handle that or how to hear you in the middle. of it. And I don't have all the secrets, and I don't know all the ways, Father. I just know that in the middle of our journey, we wait on you. We wait on you. And, Lord, through this series, it's been something that I've heard over and over again as I try to look for ideas to share with us here today of how we can hear God and how we can sense where he is in the middle of everything that we're going through, there are just sometimes we still don't have the answer. And Lord, I just pray you'd give us the courage to be still in that moment and to wait on you and help us, Lord, to sense the reality of who you are in that moment whether it's a walk along the ocean side or up in the mountains or a conversation with a friend or whatever it is, Lord. May you reveal yourself to us as only God can do in the middle of our darkest moments. And when we feel like we're alone, may we be reminded of the fact that he has never and never will leave us. Help us, Lord, to be more aware of who you are and how you speak to us and know that you are God. I just pray, Lord, for those here this morning that are in the middle of this right now, that they would have faith in the God who they can't see. Lord, that they would have faith in the God that maybe today they can't hear. That they would continue, Lord, to journey in strength with the God that they can't feel. Until, Lord, that moment when they feel that revelation. They hear your voice. They sense your presence. Until that moment comes, help us, Lord, to be still and know who you are. We thank you, Lord, how you journey through this life with us, through the hard and the good, and that you are always there. And we praise you, Lord, that even though we can't see you or sense you sometimes, it doesn't change the fact that you are still there. And we pray, Lord, you journey through us through this day in Jesus' wonderful name, amen. A couple of quick reminders.